Ever notice that everything you ever thought would make you happy ever after didn't? Ooh, me too. It turns out Sean Cassidy was not my soulmate. Orgasms only last a few seconds and money does not buy happiness. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser and welcome to Sex, Love and Elephants, the weekly podcast where we explore relationships, mind and the meaning of life. A place where you are normal if you feel like something's missing, even though you have it all. Because guess what? Happiness is an inside job. How do I know? Well, if a Buddhist nun and a sex expert had a baby, I'm it. I'm a psychologist, sex therapist, and author. I've meditated for 12 hours a day for months at a time. I've studied Tantra in Tibet, and I've taught for people like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield, and helped thousands of couples reignite passion. My mission with a loving heart is to kick your ass off the couch and into awakening. And here's the secret. If you want to cultivate wild love that lasts, compassion and curiosity, and the superpower of being happy for no reason, first, you've got to meet your elephant. So let's go. You know what really sucks for some of us in long-term relationships? Getting older and the changes to our sexuality as our bodies age. Hello, I'm Dr. Shell Fraser, and welcome back to this podcast, Sex, Love, and Elephants, where we talk about all things relationship, sexuality, and the meaning of life. Sometimes we talk about Buddhism, meditation, how to train your mind. But this month of September... We're focusing on stories of real couples just like you, couples who struggle because the struggle is real, the struggle is common, and the struggle is normal. Look, one of the things I do, the main thing I do in terms of my business and the role I attempt to play in the world is help long-term couples create love that lasts a lifetime. And twice a year, I offer my signature immersion online couples program, the only program currently of its kind, where for 10 to 12 weeks, you work with me. I coach you live weekly. I answer your specific questions about your relationship and you get an entire curriculum of eight weeks of lessons. We take a couple of weeks off to give you time to integrate the material and learn the building blocks of the passion triangle. You can look at previous episodes in this series to learn more about the passion triangle, but very briefly, these are the three keys that exceptional couples need to learn, and if not master, I can't claim I've mastered all of them yet, become better at to sustain your falling in love feelings, your excitement, your sexuality, your horniness, and damn it, your fun with your partner. These three keys to passion I break down to intimacy, the psychological closeness, sharing your hopes and dreams, learning how to communicate deeply, how to resolve conflict, how to fight fair. In the next episode, I'm going to tell you about a partner who fought like cats and dogs on crack cocaine filled with hatred and learn through the program to fight fair, but that's coming next week. We also talk about thrill. That's the second. Intimacy is the first. Psychological, communication, hopes and dreams. The second key to passion is thrill. Cultivating excitement and interest, romancing each other, learning to fall in love again, making sure your sweetheart feels like the most 
important person in the world. A lot of you wrote me and gave me wonderful feedback. Thank you. Thank you. On the episode from two weeks ago, where I talked about sex, lies, and distrust, how to recover from an affair. A lot of the couples who take my program are working through affair recovery from a betrayal recently or in the long past that never got healed. Take heart. We can heal these things. Go back and listen to the episode from two weeks ago for more hope and teaching and training around that. So the three keys to passion, intimacy, thrill, and sensuality. That's all things sexual and sensual. I spent three to four weeks in the 12-week program focusing on your sexuality. So today's episode is going to focus on SEX, but in a particular way, I want to introduce you, names have been changed for confidentiality and privacy, to Dean and Marina. And Dean and Marina were in their 60s. They'd been together 42 years years. They were good friends. They communicated pretty well. We needed to do some work on forgiving some things in the past and and learning to appreciate each other's differences more. But the main reason they joined the Become Passion, Create Love That Lasts a Lifetime Immersion program and worked with me for almost three months in that beautiful, unique group program was that they wanted to tackle their sexuality. Again, they were in their 60s. I can relate. I'm 57 and 60s kind of beckoning around the corner. They wanted to revive a sexual connection. They had a number of sexuality issues they had been ignoring because just like you, they're human beings. Human beings aren't stupid. We don't like pain. We don't like discomfort. We don't like conflict. We don't like hurting each other's feelings. So far too often, couples in my program or when I used to work with couples in my private practice before I devoted all my energy to the online immersion program, they often aren't talking about what they need to be talking about. So for example, in week six of the program in the curriculum, I have the couples fill out a detailed questionnaire feedback form on their own over a few days. They can do it at their leisure where they ask themselves, what turns me on and what turns me off? What's currently working in my erotic relationship with myself? And yes, I mean solo sexuality, masturbation, and or with my partner in terms of our partner sexuality. Are we having sex at all? You've heard me say over and over, and you're going to hear me say it many times again because it's so important and reassuring to a lot of you. More than a third of couples, more than 30% of couples are not having sex at all. They're in what's called a sexless marriage. I've talked about that in previous episodes. I'll talk about it again in the future. So what I get each couple in the program to do is to start to take a deep dive into the current truth of what's happening and not happening in their bedroom. We got to know where we are. We got to start where we are to create change. So here we have Dean and Marina in their 60s together, 42 years. And they were not talking about all the things that were not happening in the bedroom. They were attempting to make love a handful of times a year. I say attempting because they were dealing with several issues, very common issues for the majority of couples at some point during their history together, and certainly as our bodies age. Dean was having some difficulties with erections. This had started in his 40s on occasion when he was really stressed at work, when he was feeling overwhelmed, when he and Marina were fighting, and he was feeling, frankly, like less of a man, less of a good partner. He sometimes had trouble maintaining an erection during intercourse. He would get hard fairly easily. He would remain hard enough to penetrate vaginally to start having intercourse. But during the act, he'd start to worry. He'd start to judge himself. He would lose his erection. By the way, men, anyone listening 
who owns a penis and is having any erection difficulty, you are normal. Happens to every guy some of the time at every age. Usually the causes are psychological, not physical, but you should certainly consult with your physician and potentially a urologist or a specialist based on your physician's advice and see if there are blood flow issues, if there's any organic or neurological issue that could be causing the erectile dysfunction. But when I started to talk to Dean and Marina about this, when they had done their questionnaire and they started finally admitting to each other some of the elephants in the room, not those good kind of elephants we talk about on this podcast, that deep inner knowing, the elephant of awakening, carrying us to enlightenment. I'm talking about the elephants in the room as in the use, the, the typical use of that term, which is the things we're not talking about. They weren't talking about his erection issues. This is so common. I don't care if you're in your 20s, your 40s, your 60s, or your 80s. Very often, in a heterosexual pairing, and of course, in a gay male pairing as well, people don't necessarily talk about the lack of erection. We reassure our partner, it's okay, babe, it happens. I'm still satisfied, which can all be true, by the way. But they started to say, you know, Dr. Cheryl, we need help around erections. We need some help. We need some guidance. It's getting to be more of a problem as we age, although it's something we have dealt with all along. As part of the program, in addition to the curriculum, what I mean by that is I have eight weeks of recorded video lessons that I drip out over the 12 weeks, and you can return to those over and over for years to come. So you've got this incredible training based in couples therapy and sex therapy techniques. In addition to that, I coach the couples for an hour to 90 minutes every week in group coaching. I answer your specific questions, but I also have some guest expert classes to target some of the most frequent issues couples have. And one of my guest expert classes as part of the program is with my incredible colleague, Bianca Rucker, where we talk about changes to your sexuality as we age. I also have a special master class, a guest expert class as part of the Become Passion program with Marta Miana, an incredible researcher on the topic of female sexual desire and what gets in the way and oh, so much more. So I'm working with Dean and Marina, a real couple just like you within the program. This was earlier in 2021. I only run the program twice a year as it's very immersive and I dedicate a lot of time to working with the couples. So in between, I need four to five months off before I run the program again. By the way, you can get on the wait list if, you, if you're at all interested. There's no obligation, of course, but we will send you emails to let you know when the doors open. I'll be uh, running the program again starting October 30th, 2021, and I'll be offering some free classes leading up to that to tell you all about the program, answer your questions about your relationship, and so much more. But you can click below, and we'll send you all that information. For now, back to Dean and Marina. We're talking about changes to our sexuality as we age. So I said this couple had a herd of elephants in the room, topics to do with their own sexuality that they had not been talking about because they're normal, just like you and I. They didn't want to talk about the painful things that made them both feel lousy, sad, and like I said, accidentally without meaning to hurt each other's feelings. Another issue that Dean didn't know about because Marina uh, didn't want him to be worried he was hurting her was due to the changes in her body, hormonally, et cetera, post-menopause. And as her body aged, she, like the majority of we women who own a vulva and a vagina, et cetera, the lining of the vagina can become less thick. It can get thinner with age. It can become 
a little less elastic with age. And what this means is if you're being penetrated by a penis or a sexual toy, etc., that can be really uncomfortable. The skin in the vagina, the, the so-called tube, we'll call it a tube of the vagina, becomes delicate. It can even have micro tears in it. It's just uncomfortable. Think of the inside of your cheek, the inside of your mouth being raw and fragile, and then you uh, scraped it with a toothbrush or something. It would be painful and uncomfortable. So when you're enjoying a sexual encounter, if it's a heterosexual encounter, penis in vagina, in regular intercourse between a heterosexual couple, that can be, become quite uncomfortable for a woman who'd always found that comfortable and fine previously. There's the second elephant in the room. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. A third elephant in the room. Lack of desire for a multitude of reasons. First of all, is pain a turn-on? No, I'm not talking about playing with sensation and sensory play and a little BDSM and, and uh, spanking each other for the heck of it. I'm talking in general. If it hurts to have sex, you're not going to enjoy having sex and you obviously will have less desire. That's just a normal, typical response to discomfort. If you feel like you're failing your partner, your erection isn't reliable and that often, unfortunately, makes the female partner in a heterosexual pairing feel like she's not desirable. Let me bust a myth right now. It's a myth that pisses me off. The myth that men are dogs and they'll stick their dick in anything. Sorry to be so crass, but I want to capture the feeling behind that ugly and stupid, unexamined belief that is completely wrong. Men are not pigs or dogs. Uh, they're men, and some of them are skillful, and some of them are unskillful, just like women. But the difficulty with this cultural myth that says men are always up for sex, men always want sex, men are easily tempted to stray, men will have sex with anything. It's all balderdash, but you know it's out there as an unexamined, incorrect belief. This unfortunately leads to a lot of heterosexual women feeling like if their man doesn't want to have sex with them, he's not in the mood, he's tired, he's stressed, he wants to watch the Masters Golf Tournament or something, or if their man begins to make love to them and then loses his erection, many women take it personally. They assume there must be something wrong with me. I'm unattractive. My body is chubbier or scrawnier. My boobs droop now that I'm older. I've got jiggly cellulite. In other words, a beautiful, naturally aging body. But here's a guy who's already struggling with a soft erection or losing his erection or not being able to get hard in the first place. And now he's because he's a lovely guy with a great heart, he feels horrible about his lack of performance and he feels horrible that he's hurt his sweetheart's feelings and he's desperately trying to convince her of the truth, which is, babe, it's not you. It's not that I don't want to make love with you. I do. It's not that I don't find you attractive. I find you attractive. There's just It's just not happening for me. So here's this beautiful couple, good marriage, deeply committed to each other. They had the courage. Let me underline that. They had the courage to want to address their sexual issues. They had the courage to join me in the Become Passion journey. They had the courage to send me their questions. I have a confidential platform. You send me your questions on. I don't. We don't meet on Zoom. You don't have to tell anyone your name. We meet on a different platform where I'm on screen and you're not. So it's all very confidential. I take very good care of people. But they would send me their questions before our live Q&A and coaching calls and say, 
it's time. We did the homework. We know we need to talk about the erection issues, the fact that I, Marina, have pain upon intercourse, and the fact that our desire is really low because pain and disappointing each other don't make us horny. What do we do? Well, it was so incredible. Not only was I able to coach and guide this glorious couple, their struggles resonated with a good 30 to 40% of the rest of the group who were in their 50s, 60s, et cetera, and who had very similar issues. It was also helpful for the couples in their 30s and 40s who were having different reasons for sexual disconnect, having their first child, the man in a heterosexual pairing feeling like his woman was a mom now and he shouldn't think of her in that lusty way, she feeling her body was different, certainly dealing with some vaginal pain, sometimes some post-childbirth um, vaginal trauma, et cetera, et cetera. All the things, changes due to being menstrual, changes due to premenopause, changes due to postmenopause, changes to men's erections, as we've talked a bit about, stress, kids, pressure, life getting in the way. So while I'm utilizing Dean and Marina's case study today, not their real names in terms of confidentiality, it applied to all of the couples in my program to some degree. How many of us have elephants in the room in terms of talking about our sex life with each other? Some of the other exercises I take couples through are to start to identify our own fantasies. To I coach people step by step to get to where they're willing to share one of their fantasies with their sweetheart. A lot of people don't talk to their sweetheart about their erotic taboos, things they might fantasize about, find arousing. They don't necessarily want to do it. I don't know, have sex in the middle of a football field with some gorgeous person while everybody else watches and cheers or something. It's a lovely fantasy. Most people don't want to play it out. But what are you not talking to your sweetheart about? when it comes to what's happening or not happening in the bedroom. Underline, underline. What are you not talking to your sweetheart about when it comes to what's happening or not happening in the bedroom? Yes, I can hear the pun. I said the word come in my job when I talk about sexuality. Everything's a double entendre. So I'm not going to go through all the specific exercises I took Dean and Marina and the rest of the group through. They're a part of the program. I hope a few of you will choose to join me. I can't wait to get to know you better and know more about you, your love affair, and help you get from where you are now to where you want to be. But so much of what started the healing process for Marina and Dean, so much of what started moving them towards inhabiting their eroticism in a new way to being new lovers together, finding new ways to please each other, it of course begins with transparency. It begins with talking about it, naming those unspoken elephants in the room. Hey babe, in our erotic life, in our lovemaking life, in our sensual life moving forward, part of our new reality at this age and phase of our relationship, wherever you are, dear listener, is things shift. They change. Some things get better and stronger, and some things maybe aren't quite as good as before. Who are we now as lovers? So I helped this couple and all of the couples start asking those fascinating questions of themselves and of each other, and to realize oddly and wonderfully, one of the greatest predictors of a great erotic life is the ability to talk about it, which most of us aren't good at doing. Here's some free tips for you. Don't talk about what's wrong with your sex life when you're naked and in bed together. I'm not being facetious. So many people complain or say, this isn't working for me, or I hate it when you touch me that way. Super crushing 
Instead, wait till you're having a cup of tea the next day and say, hey, babe, I just want to talk to you a little bit about something when we make love. I love how you're trying to please me. I love how you're trying to bring me to orgasm, but I would love it if you would touch me much more softly. I find my body responds to you so well when you touch me softly. That's very different than being naked together and saying, don't touch me so hard. I don't like it. Yuck. Oh, we're so unskillful sometimes in how we approach our sexual life together. So what I do with the couples and what Dean and Marina did was they started having the conversations they needed to have. And Dean was gratified to hear that Marina didn't find her sexual responsivity was affected whether or not he had a strong orgasm. She said, I love it when you use your fingers on my clitoris and make me come. I love it when we snuggle. Whether or not you're hard, I like holding your penis between my thighs and just squeezing it there. I love kissing you, looking at you and having you play with my nipples. Babe, it's a full and complete sexual encounter for me when we're just together, no matter what happens. This draws from a model I love by my colleague, and uh, I would call him a friend, Dr. Barry McCarthy. Incredible. I call him the godfather of sex therapy. He's written, I think, 23 books or co-authored up to 23 books and multiple chapters in other sexuality books. He's in his 70s. He says he and his wife are having more satisfying sex now than they've ever had. And one of the ways he teaches a new way of approaching lovemaking at any age but it can particularly apply to us when we're aging, is the good enough sex model. I should devote an entire episode to that coming up. But for now, the idea is instead of trying to have a pinnacle experience, a goal-directed, beginning, middle, end, two orgasms, rocket ships, et cetera, then we're done. How about approaching sexuality with curiosity as a more circular process in this encounter? We're going to caress, we're going to cuddle, we're going to lick, we're going to kiss, and we don't know what will rise. We don't know if there'll be a full erection and a full penetrative intercourse. We don't know if there'll be an orgasm or two orgasms or more. We don't know if our bodies and minds will gel particularly in a certain way of lovemaking for this encounter, but we do know we're going to set apart this sacred time and spend time erotically exploring together. Why? Because you matter to me. Because I've listened to Dr. Cheryl. Because I know there are three main aspects to a healthy, great love relationship. Intimacy, communication, conflict resolution, spiritual connection, etc. Thrill, creating some romance and interest, making sure each other feels really appreciated and special. And our sensual erotic life. Look, Intimate relationship with our partner is basically friendship plus nudity. Write that one down. Intimate relationship is basically friendship plus nudity. If you're not sharing some naked kind of some kind, including spooning naked before you fall asleep, you might as well just be super good friends who are roommates and share kids and grandkids. So the biggest thing I did was to start helping Dean and Marina and every other couple Start helping them talk about what they needed to talk about. Then we get into some solutions. There's all sorts of solutions, techniques, and teachings around working with erection difficulties. I can talk about them in an upcoming episode. You could try a penis ring. You start to get a little bit uh, aroused, a little bit turned on. You can put a penis ring on at the base of your penis around the scrotum as well, and it can help the penis stay more engorged with blood. It can also be fun. It can have a vibrating device on it and 
tickle your fancy and tickle your sweetheart's fancy as well. There are many other techniques, both psychological, masturbatory, and toys and techniques. Do not forget lube. Oh my goodness, the more slippery, the better. If you use a good high-quality water-based or silicone-based lubricant, don't use junk you got at the corner store, and do not use something out of your kitchen cupboard. I'm not kidding. You can easily get an infection and uh, feel rather yucky, yeast infection, UTI, etc. Don't be cheap. Spring for a really good lube from a really high-end sexual shop. It'll cost you a fair bit of a fair bit of money, but it will last for a long time. Using lubricant can help a man achieve an erection more easily because the sensation is more intense. I talked about Marina's issues with thinning vaginal wall and some vaginal discomfort and vaginal pain. Ow, ow, ow. There are a number of things I help that couple with in terms of, again, lubricant. In terms of Marina starting to work with some dilators, that is a technique of learning to help the vaginal uh, muscles relax and accommodate more easily. This is deeper teaching. I can't really teach it on a podcast, but I wanted to refer to it for those of you that are curious and struggling or will eventually struggle with some of the same issues. And we spend a lot of time, as we do in the program, we spend a couple, three weeks on desire. And lack thereof, those of you that are regular listeners have heard me talk about you are normal if you rarely want to jump your partner's bones anymore. That spontaneous early lust fades over time. Last week, I talked a lot about complacency and how that is the death of interest unless we recreate thrill and recreate some interest in each other. Complacency, ho-hum, not that interested, not really turned on. You're the same old, same old. One of the main causes of affairs is someone sees us, finds us interesting, and treats us like we're special instead of boring. So they needed to talk about desire. Mainly theirs was affected because of the sexual struggles they'd been having, how they both felt bad. They both felt they were hurting each other's feelings. But they also needed to learn a lot about responsive desire. Again, you've heard me talk about that in previous episodes, and I'll talk about it again, including briefly right now. Responsive desire is where we bring a new headspace to our erotic life. And we realize we need to create conditions within which our desire, our turn on, our horniness can arise. So let's block off every Saturday from 10 till 2 as an erotic time. Okay, that's four hours. That might be a little tantric from 10 till 11, one hour every Saturday or every other Saturday, every 14 days where we will explore sensually. I will give you a massage. There's an erotic massage technique the couples do. There's so much. There's so much. Why? Because, oh my goodness, dear listeners, our sexuality is a multifaceted thing. We used to think it was so easy when we were in our 20s or something. I'm horny, you're horny, it feels good, we come. Not really for the woman a lot of the time, but if she taught him well enough or learned her own body well enough, orgasms could be possible. Sex is multifactorial, psychological, physical, spiritual, cultural, so many relational issues affect our desire. If I'm mad at you, if you've been picking at me all day and criticizing me and let me down and didn't do all the things and broke promises, I'm not turned on by you. You're not turned on by me because I'm mad at you. I'm disappointed. So, so much of what I do with all the couples, I have the immense privilege to help, including, I hope, all of you listening, is to reassure you that change is possible. It's possible to get from where you are now to where you desire to be, more sexy, more happy. I saw this poster or quote once, and it says, angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. (laughs) Angels can fly because they take themselves lightly. I think all of us 
are happier, healthier couples when we learn to take ourselves more lightly some of the time. Let some things go. Forgive more freely. We do a lot of work on forgiveness in the program as well. And realize sex isn't automatic or easy at any age, at any stage, no matter where we are, including falling madly in love. Heck, if nothing else, when you're having a ton of sex in the beginning and you're horny as hell and it's a big turn on, a lot of women do get a urinary tract infection from all the sex. So there's always something. So Dean and Marina learned to talk about the unspoken issues in their sexual life that they didn't want to talk about because they didn't know what to do about them and talking about them made them both feel sad and like they were failing. I gave them the permission, the tools and the guidance to talk about the things they had to talk about. Each and every couple did that and each and every couple's story is a little bit different. Their sexual issues are a little bit different. No problem. And then they learned how to work with erections to give a more reliable erection more often. They learned how to approach their lovemaking without a goal orientation, but with an exploration orientation, which helped them focus a lot more on alternative ways to orgasm or please each other. By the way, you may not know this if you're a penis-bodied person or you care about someone who's a penis-bodied person. Men can have an ejaculation and an orgasm with a soft penis. They may not be able to penetrate vaginally, but they can still have a full sexual experience. And then he can make his woman come with his mouth or a toy or his fingers. There's so many ways to dance the dance of eroticism together. So Marina and Dean are a representative couple of a subset of couples that I'm able to help in my program who are dealing with changes in sexuality due to aging. And please be reassured, one of my favorite patients I ever had in the private practice was 83 years old. And he got my name from his physician. At the time, I was about the only sex therapist psychologist on Vancouver Island. Uh, Please, a lot of you, if you're interested in this topic, go to school for 14 years and learn to do what I do so that you can help more people. It takes a long time to get trained, but there's such a need. Anyway, this lovely gentleman called me. He lived about a two and a half hour drive away from me. And he said, I want to come see you. I have a question about sex. And I said, absolutely. I booked him in. This is about three, four years ago. So this gentleman, this dapper, I think he was 82, might've been 84. Gentleman comes in. Hello, Dr. Fraser. So nice to meet you. He sits down and he goes on to tell me that he was widowed about four years before. Beloved wife, his only sexual partner they'd met when they were about 15 years old. And he'd been courting for the last months a lovely woman from his church group. And he was developing affection for her. The relationship was moving forward. And he came to see me because he wanted a consultation about when they made love for the first time. How could he be sure that he'd be able to perform and have an erection and be able to complete intercourse successfully? It was absolutely wonderful because it reminds all of us that in our 80s, 90s, and even those of us who live past 100, which I hope to do, my grandmother was healthy as could be till she was 99 and a half, and then she passed peacefully in her sleep. Sounds like a wonderful life, well-lived, which is a great description of hers. In our 80s, 90s, and beyond, we can be sexual beings. If you think sex has to stop after 60, you're naive. And also, you're probably not 60 yet. If you think old bodies aren't attractive, well, eventually you're going to have an old body and it will be attractive in its own way. If you think bodies can't orgasm or be aroused as they age, that's incorrect too, but they may need different types of stimulation, some tools and techniques, and some 
accurate information like I'm giving you today, and I go over in depth in the program to help you reclaim your sexuality at any age. So there you go. There's a profile of one gorgeous couple in the Become Passion program. Again, if you're interested, you could click below this podcast or go to my website, drcherylfraser.com, and you can sign up to get on the wait list. And that way you'll get uh, information about when I open. What I do is I do a free class, a 90-minute class. I teach it multiple times in uh, between about October 20th and 27th this year, 2021. And I will answer your questions, teach you more about the three keys to passion, and then talk a bit about the program so you can have a good sense of what it's about. Come to the free class, no matter what. Did you hear the word free? And uh, again, sign up and uh, I will see you there. Just get on my wait list or go to my website and sign up for my free weekly videos where I also sometimes link to these podcasts. Again, you can unsubscribe at any time. I don't want anybody getting my material that doesn't enjoy it. No problem. This is not a sales job. It's an invitation because some of you are already emailing me and saying, oh, I heard your podcast. When's your course? Get on the wait list and we'll say, hey, doors are open now. Sign up here for the free class. And doors are open now for the select few of you that want to go into a deep immersion with me, Dr. Cheryl Fraser, beginning October 30th, 2021. Now that brings us to today's love bite. And it's something I said twice in this episode already, so it shouldn't surprise you. Are you ready? Today's love bite, relationship equals friendship plus nudity. If you're not getting naked, start now. All right, there you go. I can't wait to be with you next week. I'm going to be talking about a couple who entered the Become Passion program because they were fighting, ugly, destructive, hurtful fighting, and what I helped them and the other couples, and frankly, me and my sweetheart do, to learn how to fight fair coming up into your earbuds seven days from now. Until then, I remain Dr. Cheryl Fraser. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. But most of all, thank you for being part of this herd. If you enjoyed listening, please share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, I would love, love, love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us. If you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show or you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me directly at drcherylfraser.com, where you can also sign up for weekly love bites, science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime.